Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 83 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be to meet the people that make theater happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcast streaming services, so go back and fill those boots. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, please rate and review the podcast to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. And now for this week's podcast. There's something happening behind the scenes in the halls of Brussels that threatens to change the way the theater profession will function in the future. And, well, even whether or not you'll be able to enjoy theater as you have uh, or other people have for a century or, or more. The EU are bringing in regulations that will stop theaters from using bulbs and fixtures that don't comply with their new regulations. And those are coming into a force in September of this year. Uh, they're looking to bring it in early. And I'm not just talking uh, London, uh, you know, theaters here uh, and regional theaters, big theaters, but, but I'm talking about sports halls, community theaters, lecture halls, and so, so many more. Uh, now, to bring you up to speed with all that's been going on, my partner in crime and co-founder of Curtain Call, Matt Humphrey, sat down with the uh, talented, multi-award winning lighting designer, Polly Constable, to talk about the regulations and explain in simple terms what it means for the industry here in the UK and across Europe. Have a listen. This is something that's kind of crept up on on us, but presumably you guys have known about it for ages. Well, to be entirely honest, Matt, it crept up on us because because of the route that the legislation takes, which is coming through the eco-design and energy labelling forum of the environmental wing of the EU. It's an engineering set of regulations that basically affect washing machines and air conditioning units, and light bulbs are lumped into that. So the, the consultation period and the kind of committee meetings that put forward the legislation have nothing to do with kind of arts and culture. So we stumbled across it. If I can kind of start off, I'm just going to say that Curtain Call would really love to, to get behind this campaign as much oh, as we can be because we recognise that this is something that not just affects lighting designers and lighting technicians, but the entire yeah. industry. Um, yeah. 
And I think quite often these things can can get hidden and the exposure isn't as great as it could be. So we'd love to help if we can. Um, oh, that'd be amazing, amazing, so, amazing. I mean, from what we've read so far, the, the Association of Lighting Designers has conducted um, quite a lot of research in regards to the formula that the EU's come up with um, in terms of the legislation of like lumens per watt, for example, yeah. um, and calculating by dividing the total light output by the lumens, by the power input and yeah it's very technical is there a way that you can explain it in i don't want to maybe layman's terms or for somebody who hasn't got that technical knowledge you, of of the you, impact you know of this what? regulation the, the best thing i can do matt is i can talk about it in terms of sort of my my job and what i do Okay. Because I think that's the kind of real, you know, why we're here is one thing and what the regulations mean. I mean, I think the point about the ALD information is that we've really gone through it with a fine tooth comb and we're yes. clear about what the legislation means, which is essentially that all the tools that we use at the moment, both old and new, for lighting theatre are about to be made obsolete. Right. So... Older tungsten lights that we've used for a long time, we're not going to be able to get light bulbs for anymore. And what that means is that we are going to have to entirely change the infrastructure of the theatres that we have in terms of not only lights, but in terms of dimming, cabling, the, the whole of the backstage world would need replacing. Goodness. And at present, the alternative low energy sources that we've developed with manufacturers that satisfy the needs of contemporary production are considered too energy, their energy um, usage is higher than the, the top level that the EU is proposing. So even those would be rendered obsolete. Right. So at first we thought that the older lights that we were using that are still giving us really good usage and that we are slowly, slowly phasing out as we can with money, we thought we were about to lose those. And then what we've discovered is that actually where we've gone with kind of greening technology, even that place is not being recognized as valid by the EU. So where that would leave us in terms of pictures, is that if you think about the production of Les Mis that I designed for Cameron, that's the global production everywhere except London, there are nine of the 300 lights on that show that would still be out, allowed to be used. Right. So that puts things into perspective. Yeah, so... And meanwhile, you know, we've now made probably 50% of that rig LED and we've dropped the energy usage that that rig has over the years by about 50%. Mm. You know, Patrick Woodruff, we were talking about the Rolling Stones, the energy usage of a Rolling Stones tour in the past 10 years has dropped by 70%. Mm. But even as far as we've got, and the so problem is, is that the, what the EU are proposing, they're not realising the damage they could create. So... If you imagine that every opera house, you know, you can't just buy an LED light bulb like you can for your house and pop it into a theatre light. Mm. It doesn't work in that way because we ask lights to dim and fade and we paint pictures with lights. Yeah. None of that's going to be possible. 
So, so have they just overlooked the use of stage lighting, or has this been... We've always had an exemption. It's been an ongoing argument for a long time, but we've always managed to negotiate an exemption. And they have just chosen, without consultation, to remove that exemption this time. So there's been no consultation with any no. industry designers? No. no. Partly because the committee that we're talking about is full of lift engineers and uh, car park lighting manufacturers. I mean, it's a massive, massive kind of lobby within the EU of, you know, of serious kind of engineering. And we've just been scooped up inside it. So essentially the rules that govern, you know, how we light our homes and our offices and our car parks are about to govern how we can light our theatres. Well, these are completely different uses, aren't they? It's completely different usage. There's no acknowledgement of how we use light in theatre. They are literally assuming that light is off or on. Yeah, well, that it's purely functional. Yeah, it's purely functional. It's about illuminating in order that people can see, as opposed to storytelling. But also, the other problem is that the wastage, you know, the, the, the muscle behind this is a kind of sustainability muscle. You know, we have to drop the energy usage. But it's so misguided because you destroy an entire cultural sector. Yeah. You would create so much landfill by having to strip out, if you could have... I mean, we reckoned £180 million to replace the infrastructure yeah. of the working theatres in the UK, let alone schools, youth clubs, amateur theatres, civic centres, village halls. They'd have no hope because you couldn't run lights in the same way. You know, a new, a new tungsten, a new... Source four profile for a kind of youth, you know, a, a village hall mm. will cost you three hundred pounds. An LED unit that would do the same thing is going to cost you two thousand pounds and has to be controlled and wired in a different way. Well, this was something that we wanted to ask you because there's such a wide range of theatres across the country, from you know publicly subsidised to commercial yeah. theatres to pub theatres, yeah. and as you pointed out, to, to school halls or village halls. So one would expect that. I know this is going to have an impact on everybody, but that the larger venues might be able to absorb the the hit of a change. But how are smaller venues going to be able to cope with this? And they can't. They won't be able to. You know, a, a, a kind of small village hall. The caretaker might spend sixty quid a year on light bulbs. Yeah. But suddenly, you're going to be looking at a, you know, a twenty-five, thirty thousand pound bill. Yeah, that's. That's crazy. I mean, and in the, in the meantime, the manufacturers obviously have to, have to be seen to be doing the right thing by these new regulations, which means that they'll probably drop the support or manufacture of these existing light bulbs and well, fixtures. Is that right? Well, the way or? that the EU pushes, is moving this forward is to do with labelling. Right. So the essential kind of crux of the point is that the EU is saying, we're not banning tungsten, we're not banning the use of fixtures that use this much energy. We're not allowing you to place them on the market. So we had a bit of toing and froing with the EU saying, what does that actually mean? Because they kept on saying, we're not banning it. We're just saying you can't place it on the market. Placed on the market means that anything that is on the shelf on the day that the legislation changes, Mm. you can still sell. But anything that's not on the shelf, so say you make a batch of light bulbs the day after the legislation changes, you're not allowed to sell them. So what happens so to them? Even more wasted. It's just a, it's like turning around and saying we're not banning cars, but we're, you're not going to be able to buy petrol anymore. 
Yeah. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's a real, it's a real backdoor. And there's, of course, within the sort of, um, energy usage lobby within the EU, there's a big thing about let's, if we're very draconian about something, we'll push through a change in technology. Now, when we talk to the manufacturers and we talk to the engineers who are working with LED light engines, i.e. the possibility for, a, you know, the future, they're saying physically we, it's, it's impossible to attain the level of energy that they, the EU want to set as the kind of minimum, the, the maximum allow, amount allowed. So they're saying that in engineering terms, it will be physically impossible to achieve any form of delicate, sensitive stage lighting within the terms that the EU are stating. So if it's physically impossible, how have they come to these figures in the first place? Because if, it, if you're looking at a light that's off or on, and it's just one colour, yeah. it's fine. So the current regulations include these exemptions for studio lighting, show effect lighting and theatre yeah. lighting. Do you have any thought on why those clauses have been omitted? I think because what they're trying to do, which is the right, which is right in so many ways, is they are trying to close loopholes that have allowed continued, you know, that, that there's been this whole thing about dirty lamps being used in the domestic market coming in from China. They're defined in other ways, like they, there was a period where they were calling them heat balls and things like this. Right. So trying to come onto the domestic market. So they're trying to close all the loopholes they can in order that they can control the domestic market more. And I believe they're considering us a loophole without understanding the repercussions and the damage that this yeah, I mean, legislation will cause. My understanding of a loophole is something that people use to, to get by a regulation or to move around yeah. it. A multi-billion dollar industry is not a loophole. Um, no. I mean, they, there are suggested workarounds um, it, that the ALD have suggested in their report, but can they be reasonably adapted by theatres across the country? No. And, I mean, the other thing is that you are absolutely... You kill the market, don't you? So, you know, people will only continue... There's only one company in the world that is still manufacturing uh, tungsten halogen light bulbs for Source 4. You know, I, I mean, if, if the... It, you you kill the market mm. and those things will not be produced anymore. So this is going to affect the market, it's going to affect existing manufacturers, it's going to affect the industry in terms of the existing fixtures, theatres, lighting designers, lighting technicians. How's this going to affect recent grads and drama school students on the lighting strand and the next generation, if you like? Well, I mean, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because there's, there's kind of so many multiple layers to it. There's the, you know, I was thinking about opera companies who maintain shows in repertoire for years and years and years. They mm. won't be able to do any of that. Pre-existing shows that have existed for years. I suppose the generation at the moment who are about to graduate will graduate into a world that is shifting. But... I cannot see a world where if the legislation as it exists at the moment goes through, I can't see a way where we can use technology to get us out of this situation. So lighting, I mean, there will be lighting still, of course, of some form or another, but it's not going to be 
you know, I suppose perhaps the long-term effect of that is they want lighting to be defined in terms of functionality. Mm. You know, it's to illuminate. So, do you think there'll be that, a shift uh, towards video or more use of video? Do you think that because that, that's not as affected? Am, am I right? Or no, it's not as affected at the moment because actually video projectors are one of the areas that they have. I think they have maintained the that usage of those particular bulbs. So I think they're still going to be okay. Right. Yeah, you could say there'd be more use of video. Um, so I suppose things would become more two-dimensional, I suppose. The thing about video is that it's not a light, it's purely a pixelated light, light source, isn't it? So sure. in terms of lighting, shape, form, depth and image, mm. it's a flat quality of light that is, <clears throat> you know, in terms of dimming and painting. I mean, the, the most interesting work with video is, the work that becomes a conversation between video and light. Yes, of course. Yeah, um, I wasn't suggesting like, that it was a replacement, know, but... It, it's like every... You know, I, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying, if you said to Leonard Bernstein, you can no longer work with a symphony orchestra, but yeah. you can work with a synthesizer. <laughs> and, it's a, and to be frank, it's a pretty shit synthesizer that we're offering. <laughs> You'd come up with something. Yeah. And it would be different. So, I mean, is, is this all doom and gloom? Is there another way out of this? What could the industry, the theatre, the live performance opera industries do to to further support the campaign? Well, I suppose the thing is, it's so ludicrous what is on the table. One of our biggest... Well, we have two major problems. One is getting people to take it seriously. Because mm. they kind of look at you and go... And the other problem is because for the, since 2009, we've had this constant campaign to save tungsten halogen, well, tungsten particularly, you know, older sources of light that are slowly being phased out. And, and, and we're sort of accepting that, but the phasing out is happening at a speed that we can kind of respond to. When you start to talk to people about this, they're going, oh, yeah, it's about saving tungsten light bulbs, isn't it? And you go, actually, it's not anymore. This is about saving theatre it's about saving performance it's about saving live events it's about saving theme parks yeah. it's about saving all of the kind of live performances in I mean, all those areas of entertainment these theatres are at real risk of i mean it's, some yeah theaters our entire, will be at risk of closing, I, i'm not being hysterical about it no i'm really not it's all really you know i can't know i you know, even a show like Curious Instant, which is a celebration of modern technology, things like the pixels that I designed on that, you know, those dots yeah. that lit up and sort of, you know, feel so kind of contemporary and sort of modern, even those wouldn't pass the new legislation. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Well, we will do what we can to help Thank spread you. the word. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how much effect it will have, but... I mean, part of this obviously is an awareness issue mm. and part of it is a dialogue which presumably is ongoing with the with the EU. Is there a time frame on that dialogue? Uh, there is. The public consultation comes to an end on the 7th of May. What are the real things that we can do as an industry to affect that consultation? As an industry, we have to become aware, spread the word, 
we have to respond to the public consultation. So any companies, theatres, the other thing is that, of course, being an EU consultation, a British voice is pretty marginal within it at the moment. So any European contacts that we have, we need to scoop up and we need to share. I mean, Europe is just waking up. We've kind of shared it with Pearl. We've shared it with Stage Entertainment, Disney Europe. I mean, I'd imagine the committee are getting quite a lot of responses now, but we need that to hit a critical mass of, of how ridiculous this is. And the other thing then, once the public consultation period has come to an end, the next thing we have to do is we have to lobby. We have to lobby our MEPs. We have to lobby our MPs. Mm -hmm. We need to get this at government level because we are going on and on and on at the moment about the cultural industries being one of the only growth industries in the UK. And we're about to fucking break it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. One of the great statistics is just how much income UK theatre generates to the to the economy, more than the premiership in terms of ticket sales. And, and this is a huge industry that cannot be ignored. Um, yeah, and we do need to evolve. And, you know, in 30 years' time, it may be that we can think of a new way to do this, but it's not something we can do in two years' time. No. So this doesn't end with the consultation. This is going to carry it, on with lobbying. It's going to carry on, but there is a big push to confirm this legislation in September this year. Okay, well, that's our time frame then. Let's let's yeah. get to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I just one more question? Because you mentioned um, a couple of big companies there. What are? I mean, because the, there's a few pan-European companies that that own theatres uh, across Europe, as well as producing live shows in terms of theatre, but also live performance. Are they getting behind this as well? It's very difficult to work out who's doing what, but we've been the central point. We, Rob Halliday, Robbie Butler and myself, have been the central point for information, really. Okay. Um, I've motivated Disney and Stage Entertainment and Pearl, which is the kind of European-wide network linked to salt. I mean, for a long time, we were assuming that everybody must be dealing with this. And then I kind of, in the last couple of weeks, I've sort of been poking and I've discovered, of course, it's not really been happening. And we've had a real push and we had a big meeting with salt at the beginning of last week. Mm. And I've we've spoken to Disney and it just feels like that in the background, I hope that is happening. But we need to push from the bottom up and from the top down. So the more that companies feel that their technicians, their performers, their producers, their directors, that everybody is going, what are we doing about this? Yeah. The more they will, one, realize the gravity of it, and two, you know, the more current we keep it in the in the ether, the more people will talk about it and get the word out and the import of it. So it can't just be, you know, at the National, they've been amazing. They did mm. a, a massive submission for the first public consultation which came to an end in January and now they're having another big push before this one comes to an end. We just need to keep the pressure on and we need to keep the pressure on in our national government, our European government and within the companies that we have access to. Yeah. Well, all the best of luck with it. Um... Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for picking up on this. Now, 
Before we wrap up, if you are a theater professional, you need to head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at curtain call that's all lower cases we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast just get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms i just mentioned or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com that's john with an h it just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Polly Constable and everyone who has signed the petition to save stage lighting as it stands. Please learn more about the campaign and show your support by visiting the Association of Lighting Designers website. That is uh, ald.org.uk, and I will put those links in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.